Section 9 of Unaddressed Letters by Anonymous, edited by Frank Athelstane Swettenham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Eva Davis. Of Letter Writing So, you prefer the unaddressed letters, such as you have seen, to those which you receive from me in a cover, whereon are duly inscribed your name, style, and titles, and you ask me whether some of the letters are not really written to you. They are written to Mary in heaven, or to you, if you please, or to anyone to whom they appeal. The reason why you prefer them to the epistles I address to you is because they are unconstrained, too much so, you might think, if you saw them all, while in writing to you I am under constraint, and directly I feel it. I have to be careful what I say, and beat about for some safe subject, and, as I abhor gossip, and cannot write about my neighbor's cat, I become unnatural, stilted, stupid, boring. With Mary it is different, for she is in heaven, where there are no marriages, and therefore, I imagine, no husbands. As for lovers, I do not mind them, for they have no special privileges. At any rate, they have no right to interfere with me. The idea that what I write for your eye may be read by someone for whom it was not intended hampers the pen and takes away more than half the pleasure of writing. If you answer, you ought not to want to write anything to me that may not be read by the master over my shoulder or by the maid in the kitchen. I say that I do not wish to interfere with the circulation of the family herald, and for the rest, when you honor me with a letter, is it to be shown to anyone who wishes to know what a really charming and interesting letter is like? I am blessed with some really delightful correspondents, of whom I would say you are the chief, did I not fear to offend some others. But I cannot help noticing, sometimes with amusement and sometimes with painful regret, that the character of their letters has a way of changing that, between first and last, may be compared to looking at the landscape through one end of a telescope and then through the other. When I see the field of vision narrowing to something like a vanishing point, until, in fact, the features of interest are no longer visible, I feel that I, too, must put on a minifying glass before I attempt to describe to you my surroundings, my thoughts, my hopes and fears. Worst of all, I can no longer ask you freely how life is treating you, for if I do, I get no answer or you tell me that the winter has been one of unexampled severity, or the political party in power seems to be losing ground and missing its opportunities. Individuals and parties have been losing opportunities since the days when Joseph lost his coat, always regretting them and always doing it again, because every party and every individual scorns to profit by the experience of another. That, you will tell me, is a platitude beneath a child's notice. I agree with you, and I only mention it in support of my contention that it is better to write what you see or hear or imagine or believe to no one at all than to write delicately with the knowledge that there is a possible Samuel waiting somewhere about, if not to hew you in pieces, to put inconvenient questions to your friends and give them the trouble of making explanations which are nonetheless aggravating because they are needless. As a man, 
I may say that the effort to avoid writing to women everything that can, by a suspicious mind, be twisted into something mildly compromising, is more than I am capable of. The thought that one may innocently get a friend into trouble is not amusing, so pray dismiss from your mind the idea that any of these letters are written to you. They are not, and if they ever recall scenes or suggest situations that seem familiar, that is merely an accident. Pure, undiluted fable is, I fancy, very rare indeed, but travelers are supposed to be responsible for the most of it, and I am a traveler. On the other hand, almost all fiction is founded on fact, but you know how small a divergence from the latter is sufficient to make the former. If my fiction looks like fact, I am gratified. If, at the same time, it has awakened your interest, and you say it has, that is more than I ever hoped to achieve. A wanderer's life in often beautiful, sometimes strange surroundings, a near insight into the fortunes of men and women of widely differing race, color, and creed, and the difficulty of writing freely and fearlessly to those who, like yourself, would give me their sympathy and kindly interest. These are mainly responsible for the letters. As to the other contributing causes, it will amuse you more to exercise your imagination in lively speculations than to hear the dull truth from me. Besides, if I told you the truth, it would only mislead, for you would not believe it. End of section 9